Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mike on the Mic. I'm your host, Michael Cake, and this is the third episode of my podcast series with Farming Smarter. Today, I'm joined by Scott Gillespie. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good today. Before I get into the field reports, let's talk about you a little bit. Can you tell the audience a bit about yourself? Okay, yeah, I um, I grew up in Ontario on a corn and soybean farm, and I did a Bachelor of Science at the uh, University of Guelph in agriculture, and I uh, worked there for a few years, but then I uh, ended up out in Western Canada doing a master's in plant science at the University of Manitoba, and uh, eventually made it to Alberta, where I got involved in potato agronomy and learning the irrigated crops of the area and uh, have earned my certified crop advisor and uh, professional agrologist designation. And now I have a consulting business where I work on uh, work with farmers that want to move from the conventional to regenerative practices. Perfect. Now, can you talk about what got you into being an agronomist? I've always had a curiosity with plants and, and crops and stuff like that, or, or how to make things well, I guess how to solve problems, because I do, I do remember doing something even in high school, a little experiment out in my, one of my dad's fields trying to solve a problem for him, and um, did something in um, my last year of the bachelor's where I actually did kind of like a, a mini master's project trying to, again, fix a problem that I'd seen on the farm. So I'm interested in farming, but I'm not interested in running a farm, so... I think I like the agronomy side because I get to apply science and what I know from plants and soils into practical solutions. And what is your favorite part of your job? Well, one of the favorite times would be when it's nice weather and you're out in the middle of a field and you're the only one there. I like that. I like working on my own. I like the being out and just doing things on my own, setting my own schedule. So I think that's probably one of the favorite parts of it is when it's nice. But of course, later in the season, when the mosquitoes come out and it gets hot and uh, sweaty and sticky out there, then then it's time for fall. What is your favorite thing to grow? In crops, potatoes are still one of my favorite ones. I've worked on them for over 15 years, and it's just such a different way of growing a crop than most other crops. Very intensive, but very interesting to see how they grow. In my own garden, I actually, I don't grow potatoes in my own garden because I can get potatoes anytime I want. In my own garden, I like the root crops because um, in the summer, I just don't have time to manage stuff that's coming that has short maturity windows or is only fresh for a certain amount of time. So I really like the, the root crops because they can just sit there and do their thing until you have time to harvest them. All right, so now let's get into the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today. Just to start, can you tell the audience what you do as an agronomist? Okay, well, the easiest way to to think of it is a similar concept as what a veterinarian is to animals or a veterinarian to an animal farmer. I take care of learning crops and soils, and I help to advise farmers on their farm in that respect. So in a year... Right now is in the fall, so it's time for soil sampling, which is to get accurate tests of the fields. And then that goes into the winter planning time where uh, we look at those and figure out what we're going to do for the next year. And then for myself too, it's a time for reading and learning. Then um, when spring comes, a lot of it is, is just helping to implement the plans. And then on some of the fields, then I also do 
scouting where I'm actually looking at the fields on a weekly basis and helping to identify pests or track the crop stage or and figure out if we need to change the plan at all. And what stood out as unusual in 2020 in the fields you visited? I think this year it's maybe not necessarily unusual. It was the amount of blowing that we had or a lot of wind erosion and wind damage to crops. And although it's much worse this year than other years, but um, and it's not unexpected because of the area that we live in with our Chinook winds that come over the Rocky Mountains. To me, it, I think it stood out as being a lot worse than other years and a lot worse than it could have been. And what contributed to this? Obviously weather, but if you wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit more. <laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely management or it's, it's the way things are done. Uh, too much tillage will contribute to this. Um, even on some fields where there wasn't too much tillage, it still can be an issue just with the speed and the duration that we had these winds because I think, if I remember right, I think there was a, a period where they went for over 24 hours at 50 to 70 kilometer an hour. So that, that's pretty dramatic to have to deal with that. In terms of the the management, I guess the, the big insight I saw this year was there was one field where I, it was still a, a tilled field, but there was a little ridge of soil that protected a, the crop in there, which happened to be quinoa, but it could have been canola or any other crop. The soil wasn't blowing, but it was still rough on the hurting the plants, but this one little ridge of soil was enough to protect that plant. So I think there's ways that we can do it with having more residue out, or I think even better would be having nurse crops, such as barley or something like that, that can grow quickly and protect these little seedlings so that the wind can't damage them and the soil stays in place. And what did you see this year that you wanted to warn people about for 2021? There wasn't anything in particular that I I noticed, like in terms of pests or disease or issues that could carry over. I think it's more just an awareness of trying to figure out ways that we can do things better to keep the soil in place. And what do you think could change five years from now, both positively and negatively? To me, the the biggest change that I can see are the over the next five years. It probably be seen as a negative to most as there'll be less choice on um, pesticides. There's consumer demands are pushing for less pesticide use. There's, if anybody, I think most most farmers, especially in the specialty crops, will know that there's less and less pesticides getting renewed. And even in broad scale crops, we know that the neonics are very much under pressure for their renewal or their long term use. So. That and just that pests are getting resistant to them and there's just not much coming down the pipeline from the chemical companies. So that's uh, the negative, but I think the positive is that there's huge potential in new products or new ideas. The biologicals are going to be huge. There's some I'm not sure if they're much more than just the new way of selling something, whether they actually do something or not. And I hope that the marketplace figures that out or learns, people learn which ones actually do the job. But of course, my bias is more on the regenerative agriculture and the getting the, the system working better. So I think getting crops or getting cover crops, soil crops, and uh, ways to encourage beneficial insects to, uh, to help you work on things, I think are going to be the, the key to the future. 
All right. And how did COVID affect you and your company during this season? For me, it didn't didn't affect me much. And I guess in in a lot of ways, I actually had to kind of to listen to some stories of others in other areas of the country or in the world or even just locally to, to understand how much it was affecting things. Because for me, it was actually kind of nice in March because there's all kinds of meetings usually pop up in March as we approach spring. And it made for a nicer preparation for the planting season. The biggest thing was is that normally I'll go around and visit farms as they're planting um, or visit people in the field. And it just meant that we couldn't do that. Uh, in this fall too, usually I like to see the crop coming in, especially on the potato side. But uh, I didn't want to be the, the one vectoring out around COVID if, if it happened that somebody at a farm had it and I was carrying it without knowing or or found out later so it was just best to to stay away from the people during the during the harvest so that was the biggest effect and of course this uh, coming winter I think is going to be many conferences changing it's going to be a different learning season over this coming winter and before I let you go is there anything you want to say no I think we've I think we've covered everything very well so so nope I think I've I think we've did everything well all right. That is all we're going to have for today's podcast. Thank you, Scott, for joining me on the podcast today. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. As next week, we're going to talk to Andre Lapisier. Thank you for listening.